Welcome, welcome to the Competitive 40K Podcast, brought to you by Vanguard Tactics. 40K Codex Analysis, List Building, Strategy Development, Game Theory, Mentoring. Our mission, to help you become a better player and to raise the level of the game both on and off the tabletop. Here's your host, Stephen Box. Hey guys, and welcome to episode number 10 and today we're going to be talking all things Dark Angel. So I'm joined today by our resident Dark Angel himself, uh, Jack. How are you doing, Jack? All good, Steve. All good. It's, uh, it's a good time to be a Dark Angels player. Yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of noise about the Dark Angels recently. Um, so we're going to talk about, obviously, why that is, what's happened, and how and why and where we might start seeing Dark Angels on the tabletop. Because you haven't really showed much, you know, love to the Dark Angels. So I thought, you know, let's get you on. Let's talk about some of the stuff you've been playtesting. Um, you were actually running these guys prior to um, the new Codex anyway. Um, you were running them a bit in, obviously, 8th edition, a lot more in ninth. ever since the um, Psychic Awakening. So we can talk about some of yeah. that. But really, so what's happened to Dark Angels, you know, in the last week? What's been the biggest change? Yeah, so, um, yeah, as you said, I, I picked up Dark Angels again um, after Psychic Awakening because it gave them some really good, interesting stratagems and relics and stuff and really good um, options to play with. Um, but unfortunately, that's now been whipped away by uh, the powers that be, and we now have a uh, FAQ in its place to tide us over to our supplement. Yeah. So, so one of you know the big things that have changed is the Space Marine Codex is now out in full release, and the Dark Angels fall within that now. So we won't be getting our own Codex, much like Blood Angels, Death Watch, etc. So we can now lean on lots of the stuff that's in that Space Marine book in terms of additional units that are now available, Relics, Warlord traits, Stratagems. So that's only a good thing. You know, there's more choice there. Um, but we've only got half the picture at the moment. And GW gave us a temporary document to tide us over till our supplement comes out. Yeah, and what were the biggest changes in that sort of FAQ? So they've actually given purpose to the inner circle keyword, which is the main point of discussion, I believe, on the on the internet at the moment. So previously, yeah, what who that gets, ability... yeah, who gets the inner circle? Uh, so the inner circle applies to all the Ravenwing characters, Terminators, and um, specialist bike units such as Black Knights and the Ravenwing Command Squad. And previously, the rule um, just made you um, uh, immune to morale, which was um, not particularly useful being a space marine anyway. Um, usually small squads, high leadership. Um, so it didn't really come up. But now what they've done is added that anything with the infantry keyword and the inner circle keyword has permanent transhuman physiology. Yeah. So they have to be infantry, right, to get that? Yes. So that it doesn't is... apply to the bikes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But which is amazing when you've got characters that are infantry based that cannot be wounded on a one, two, or three, and terminators that cannot be wounded on a one, two, or three. It just massively increases your level of survivability, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It, it's what I like about it is it gives it gives the Deathwing something special. And uh, you know that these guys are specialist um, terminators, and they finally got a rule that's fitting to them. There's a reason why you take Deathwing over. Uh, any other chapters, Terminators, these guys are just better than the first company. So, Yeah, and a few things you've pointed out there. So morale now, you just get immune from it, so that also means combat attrition, which does open up the fact that it means it is a slight buff to them because Space Marines have lost their They Shall Know No Fear, right, in this new codex. So you can't yep. re-roll your uh, failed morale checks anymore. Um, so you just get around that by look I'm fearless I actually took this in my blood angels list a lot because then I didn't have to worry about taking 10 man units of death company or whatever so it does mean you know we might start seeing some big old squad sizes of um you know these very expensive pointed models um but then not having to worry about them failing morale and they don't need to be near a character they just I don't I'm not fussed I don't care where I am on the table I'm durable and I'm not going to be running away because there's nothing worse than losing a 50 point model to morale, is there? Ah, absolutely. 
So um, I think that's that is actually a nice little benefit, which you're not going to notice massively. But in a game which is all revolving around playing the mission, staying on objectives, doing actions, uh, you know, kicking your opponent off objectives, and ba- basically just not leaving the tabletop, I think actually having some inbuilt durability, even if it is a morale, is a nice little buff. There is some other aspects where you can't fall back if you fail a, a morale check, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, you're all two d six. Every time you wish to fall back and roll equal to or equal to or less than your leadership, uh, if not, you've got to stay in combat. Um, you know, I'll take that as a as a negative part of that trait for the benefits you get. Um, you know, if you're a, a Terminator squad, you got no business falling back anyway. So you deserve to fail that test. To be honest, you should be sticking in there. Yeah, <laughs> and then the Raven Wing they also get in you a, a, an ability called Jink, right? And what is that? Yeah, so Jink's been around for a while, um, and what it means, what it did mean, is if you advanced, you got a four-up invent, which is great, um, especially if, say, like for a Blackwing Knight who's got uh, assault weapons, so you can still advance and shoot. Uh, and there was also a good stratagem to advance a Ravenwing unit and count as um, count as not for the purposes of shooting and charging. So that was a good way to put a four-up invent on a unit of land speeders or a plane or anything like that. But they've changed it now. So if you move, you get a five-up invent stock, which is great. So you can move unit bikes, unit land speeders, just get a five-up invent and still shoot at full effectiveness. And they've kept the, if you advance, you get a four-up invent. So just a slight improvement on that, you know, but any improvement's good. It's, it's progress. Yeah, nice. So what is the sort of super doctoring for the, when, when we say super doctoring, we mean like the, benefit if you're a pure mono faction dark angel player so this isn't some somebody that's souping in with blood angels or iron hands so obviously you get the shock assault you get all the stuff for being a space marine but what is your super doctrine for being mono dark angel um so the super doctrine is plus six inch range with rapid fire and heavy weapons and plus three inch range with pistols and assault weapons while you're in devastate doctrine um, which is okay. It's um, it's not the best super doctrine, but it, it, we'll discuss later on how that how we can make good use of that. Um, and just to note, their chapter ability now has been changed. So if you if you stay still, you get a plus one to hit. Oh, nice! So it used to be reroll ones, right? Yes, which was. A, a, not the greatest because you know most armies had a captain anyway. So if you're going to have a captain, you may he'll give you the rewind ones buff, and you can still move and do whatever you need to do. So the plus one to hits, you know, really good. If you were looking at vehicles as well, because that apply to them, especially in an age where um, rerolls to big vehicles is no longer a thing. So you can get them hit on twos. Um, so it, it gives some interesting options. Yeah, so actually a vehicle build for the Dark Angels might be a good option. Obviously, if you are remaining stationary, then uh, yeah, brilliant. And, and obviously a lot of the vehicles have got some fantastic range on them, so you can keep them at the backfield, stay out of range. Uh, yeah, brilliant. Love it. Okay, nice. So let's have a little chat about what is, what's, what's one of the sort of appealing reasons why you might collect Dark Angels other than a sort of other just marine codex like Ultramarines or whatever it might be. What's what's appealing for you anyway? Well, for me personally, I love the Black Knights. It, it, they're one of my favourite models um, ever since I got back into the hobby a few years ago. Um, and it's their spe- and they've got some really interesting specialist units. Um, so if you if you um, if you enjoy those kind of specialist aspects, and yeah, Dark Angels are a great choice for you in terms of having better bikes and better Terminators. So if that's something that you like about the space marines then certainly dark angels might be one for you so it's a case of as i see it you've kind of got the elite of the elite haven't you you've got some real elite units like um if you to take blood angels i've got the elite version of vanguard veterans and you know jump pack troops with the sanguinary guard and death company so you've got the elite versions of the the sort of bikes and the Terminators, Terminators, like you said. So if you really like those units, you're kind of doubling down on, and obviously you can tell that a lot of the unique abilities in terms of the Warlord traits and relics are really built into, um, and the strategies as well, yeah, are buffing yeah. those. So 
if you are a Dark Angel player, you really want to be leaning into the the more times you can see that keyword pop up, which is in a circle, you know you're probably on the right track to a good, well-rounded list that you can, well, not, not necessarily well-rounded, but actually a little bit the opposite of that in terms of, um, you know, you can really build some extreme builds, can't you, with the Dark Angels? Yeah, definitely. There's a, there's a few different ways you can play them, um, which I think we're going to cover shortly. Um, but, you know, I've I've always really liked the Dark Angels and, um, you know, I'm happy that we're getting more stuff by access to the, the, the general Codex Space Marines, which later on will be tied in with their own supplements. So which Dark Angel players will have more tools to their toolkit than they ever would have before. Yeah. So what are, let's go into some of the top combinations because it's good to look at the combinations that you can stack and things like that. But obviously what we like to do here at Vanguard Tactics is look at how you actually become better at the game in terms of your playing ability. So how do you bring all this out? Because it's no good just going, okay, I've got a really good top combination or top build here, but if you don't know how to use it on the tabletop, it's utterly pointless. If you don't know what your hard or good matchups are, then you're not going to know if you need to go first or second. You're not going to know what you need to play test. You're not going to know how to play the mission particularly well. You're not going to know what secondaries to take, and you're not also potentially taking the wrong secondaries that are going to, you know, stop your ability to score at the game. So um, let's have a little look at some of these combinations, and then we'll build this into a bit more of a well-rounded list. And that um, I see you've got three lists for us to look at. And if you want to, if anyone wants to take a look at these builds and lists, um, they will be on the Vanguard Tactics website. So it's www.vanguardtactics.com forward slash blog forward slash S2EP10. You can see all these three different builds. And again, it's a starting point that you've given the guys, haven't you, Jack? Yeah, I just thought I'd very much through through these together to see what units could kind of fit and trying to balance and, and round off a whole list. I think it's very easy to get carried away looking at a certain data sheet or a certain rule, like the inner circle rule, and get carried away and get all oh, Deathwing are amazing. I want to put as many in as I can to a single 2000 point list and realize that mechanically it doesn't it just doesn't work you can't play it the way that you intended to or it just doesn't play the mission so i've looked at how you kind of balance those things off and um just as a starter really for a few dark angels players yeah nice or if you're you know potentially up against a dark angel player you can have a little look at that and think right what what are some of the combinations they might be using against me? What are some of the tricks that they might start to perform at the table? So let's have a little chat about the Deathwing bomb, we'll call it. Um, I'm sure there's a yeah. better name out there. But you've got Deathwing, you've got Terminators that are either taking the uh, the robes where they've got the maces and the flails, right? With all the so, the Deathwing shields. knights, yeah. yeah. Okay, so what? Talk us about the Deathwing knights, and then we'll layer in some of the stratagems, warlord traits that we can sort of amplify these units by. Cool. So Deathwing knights were updated as part of their uh, FAQ, so they now have a, a weapon skill uh, of two plus now. So they've gone from three to two. So it's brilliant. Wow. Um. And, they got the, and they got, they've gained the additional wound as well. Strength 4, toughness 4, 2 attacks. So other than that, they're the same as a, a normal Terminator. But they all come with Storm Shields, which has also been updated to reflect the new rules. And they come with a Mace of Absolution, which is now actually a exactly the same as a Thunderhammer because it's, a, it's only AP2. But now the Thunderhammer's AP2 as well. Flat free damage, but you don't suffer the minus one to hit with it. So you're hitting on twos with those Thunderhammers. Uh, so on the, on, on the charge, you're getting three attacks with each one of those. So plenty of damage output there. Um, and the sergeant's got a flail, which is um, strength six minus three, two damage. And any damage spills over with that weapon as well. So that's quite nice for going into a horde. So they're a really tanky unit that hits ridiculously hard. Um, they should, whatever they charge, they should kill. Um yeah, I mean, with that, because you've also gained an extra wound, haven't you? Yes, you're up to your three wounds as well. So you're getting a two attacks base, plus one for charging, because you're a, a marine, so you're getting three Thunder Hammer attacks, essentially hitting on twos without the penalties. So obviously other other ones in the game are hitting on fours, because they take a minus one to hit. You're not getting that, so actually you're getting a kind of plus two to hit compared to everybody else with the Thunder Hammer. Yep. 
you're getting the Storm Shield now, and actually the Storm Shield's benefited you a lot because you get, obviously, the plus one to your armor save. So you're on a one plus armor save, four plus invulnerable save, which is brilliant. You can deny uh, a psychic test as well, which is brilliant. Um, and Yeah, they, uh, have, they, have, they have changed the... Um, I forgot what it's called. That, um, the Watcher in the Dark. Yes, yeah, so they had changed that. It was much better. It used to be, once per game, three up, deny a power. Okay. Um, so now they've changed that to it's once per game deny. So it's a lot weaker than it was. But it's a nice option if you want. If you had five points to spend at the end of your list, you just put that in. You got a cheeky, uh, cheeky deny in your list. Yeah, I mean the good thing about attempting to deny a witch uh, as if it was a psyker. Um, now the good thing about that is actually you can use that. I would think against psychic actions because you are, you know, trying to deny ah, yeah. the witch. So it does give you, if you're not taking Librarian in your list, it does give you the ability just for your opponent to have some sort of counter, which I do think is good. No, oh, yeah, no, that's a good point. So it's like a sort of secondary denial rather than just a, a three-up because actually that wouldn't affect that. So it's that if that's GW's intention there, great. And I, and I actually see the Dark Angels as a really good mission denial list. Um, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more shortly as we sort of cover some of the other units so that's great so you've got the extra wound you've got the built-in transhuman um so i'm actually thinking the deathwing knights did they take much of a points increase in this faq uh not too bad they went up uh, a fair bit at the beginning of ninth edition so they're, they're, they're sitting at 47 points a model now um so yeah unit attends setting your back 500 points basically which is a quarter of your army but they are they do hit hard they are resilient um so I think, they're, I think they're well pointed for what they can do. Yeah, and you still got the ability to combat squads. So if you did have a unit of 10, yeah. then you can just go down in uh, you know two units of five, potentially, um, depending on what you were facing. And then you've got another really good stratagem that came out, uh, which is one CP, I believe. And if you're facing against a unit of 10 or more models, then you get an additional attack as well. So like you said, you've got that ability to go through Horde because... You know, you're going to be getting four attacks on the charge. That's 40 attacks from a 10-man unit, and that will just pick anything up, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so you've got that's a good, um, good strategy for them. And for one CP and another CP, you can give yourself toughness five as well. Yes, that plays. Um, yeah, because if you're thinking about countering this unit now, okay, I got permanent transhuman. I'm just going to put a load of strength four weaponry into these knights to get my maximum efficiency. You just drop one CP, you're wounding them on fives. So that's that's a nice one again. So the most efficient weapon really for dealing with these is strength five. Yes, because they've got that uh, stratagem. Yeah, because you've got it in your pocket. So um, yeah, that's that's really nice. Back with um, supported by transhuman physiology to them. It's great. And also, even if you're you, you, you have to be greater than minus one. So, for example, a heavy bolt is not really going to be sufficient now because even though that's strength five, a minus one's going they're still going to be on their two plus save. And if they're in cover, they're going to be on a zero plus save. So you at least need a minus three just to even take this unit to its invulnerable save. So I really start mm -hmm. to feel Terminators now are going to start to perform like Terminators. Yeah. And so, um, on that defensibility point, they're... Deathwing Ancient Model Relic yeah, can give them a 5-up Feel No Pain in a 6-inch aura. So if you've got right. an Ancient that comes down with them, you could then, you know, again, stacking on that defensibility, um, a 5-up Feel No Pain with that additional wound. It was great in the last edition when I was using that all the time, but that additional wound now, it's, um, it's, really, it's incredible, really. I'm yeah. surprised it made the cut. I mean, I like it because it does say... You know, because I've obviously got the standard of sacrifice for Blood Angels, which I no longer have anymore, which is obviously a massive shame. But it's nice because it's like this applies to Deathwing. So it's not army wide, it's yeah. Deathwing. So um, now, Deathwing, they still a core unit. They are, aren't they? So they still can get yes, re rolls yeah. and all that other stuff yeah. from litanies or captains and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so let's have a quick chat about then this, um, this Deathwing Ancient. Is he making the list? For that five plus, uh, is he making it in? Do you think, or do you not need the five plus? Do you think is it overkill potentially? Is it too many points synced into this one unit? Yeah, yeah, potentially because you're. I would be leaning towards a Ravenwing Apothecary, 
um, which will, will, will explain why in a minute, because he acts as the delivery mechanism for them. Okay, go on then. Let's talk about let's talk about that then. So, is there's nothing really much else to talk about in terms of combinations we could really build into this Deathwing more than we've already done. Which, let's be yeah. honest, they're going to kill anything they touch. So, okay, where does this guy come into this Ravenwing um, ancient come into the fold? So the Ravenwing apothecary. Um, so he gives you he gives you the six that feel no pain, like all other apothecaries in Aura as part of his new ability. Is that core units? Is it? Uh, it's, it's just, yeah, we call units. It's, it's exactly, I've just checked the wording to make sure it worked on Dark Angel's units. Okay, nice. Yeah. Um, rather than just Ravenwing. So mm-hmm. it does work for the Deathwing Knights. So he's giving you a six that feel no pain out the box. You know, great. That's a really good ability. Um, but I like to put the relic on this chap as well, which is the relic. Reliquary of the repentant. I've just butchered that, but what that means is he gives a aura, a three-inch aura of minus one invulnerable saves to to a minimum of six plus. Nice. So he's got that, and this was the old the old way that I was running him. So he had that relic. Great. So I can put in this minus one invul wherever I need it to be. Um, and the reason why he works for a delivery mechanism for the Deathwing. Because there's a two CP stratagem which made it into the FAQ called Combined Assault, which means if your Ravenwing biker did not advance, a unit of Deathwing can be set up wholly within six of the bike and wholly uh, and just outside of six of enemy models. So that means you're on a six inch charge with the Deathwing. Yeah, that's pretty nice, that, isn't it? Yeah, that's combined with the full throttle stratagem, which means you can move the bike twice. Uh, but you can't shoot or charge, right? If you use that, but again, you're still getting what a uh, 28-inch move. Yeah, but this is just the apothecary, so you don't you don't mind him not shooting his gun. Yeah. So you you move him twice. So you move him 28 inches because you can't advance because you you need to use the combined assault stratagem after. But you know, from standing standing still, that guy's moving 28 inches and he's dropping a block of Deathwing um, on the board. So with a pretty reliable charge these days. Yeah, and I think that's one of the biggest factors that when you've got a hard hitting combat unit, you cannot if you if you can only bring them in turn two anyway, what you don't want to happen is have another turn where they're doing nothing. So making every single time you can take away a dice roll means that you're gonna improve your chances of success, whether it's you're removing saves, like you're saying there, whether you're manipulating a dice roll, whether you're, you know, decreasing a charge roll, whatever it might be, every time you take away that 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 luck aspect, you are gonna significantly improve your chances at the tabletop because you can rely on consistency rather than inconsistency and variability that dice roll bring us in the game. Um, so yeah, I think that's a fantastic, and I wish most armies, I wish mine did anyway, have a, a little unit like this, because we've seen this to great effect with things like the Custodes have something sim- similar. Um, so again, like every time you can then build in your list any ways to deny this as a counterplay, um, then that's also great as well, isn't it? Like if you've got infiltrators, that would stop this from happening, wouldn't it? No, I think it was a necessary addition to the the toolbox of the Dark Angels because you couldn't afford to have a 500-point Deathwing Night Squad in Deep Strike on a 9-inch charge. Um, You just couldn't do it. it. You couldn't rely on that. And then all of a sudden you could have 500 points deep striking down and failing its charge and then being out in the open to be to killed next turn. So it's nice that they've added this tool in that it makes them a viable option in your list, which is, is what is what we all want. Yeah, no, I think that's um I think that's brilliant. And I think there's certainly like plays here where you know, would you be looking at taking the chief apothecary so you could regain three wounds a turn on a on a unit as for a ward or trait on him? Because then you can start bringing back, you know, a 46-point model a turn if you're going to take that Chief Apothecary, or you're not really worried about that, do you think? Um, I think it would be there if I had, a, if I had you know, the 20 or 30 points left at the end of the list, I'd look at it. But what I find with the Dark Angels is you've run out of points very quickly. Um, if you're taking the Deathwing Knights and, you know, some Black Knights and the, some of the special characters, you start to feel the pinch. So if I needed to shave a few points, that's maybe somewhere where I would look to, to, to make a bit of a saving. Yeah, and I think that's, um, again, just a fantastic little addition 
you know, that you could, like you said, if you've got 30 points left over, chuck it on. And if you get one model back, actually that's points well made, isn't it? And then you've got the stratagem, isn't it, to get another one back somewhere else? Uh, yeah, so yeah, if, if he's a chief apothecary, he can bring a model back for free, can't he? Every turn, as well as heal up two other units. So uh, yeah, and if your if your list is going to run like a ten man block of terminators, I'd probably I'd you probably auto include him because you you're always you're most likely to get the efficiency out of that ability because it's going to be very rare that someone's going to take the ten man terminators out in one hit based on all the defensive buffs that you can do. So there's a good chance you get to use your ability to bring these, start bringing these models back. Yeah, and someone's going to have to put a lot in to remove it. So, uh, yeah, I like that. Okay, cool. So what are some of the things that we can do with the Raven Guard? So Raven Guard is like your bikes. Raven Wing. Raven Sorry. Wing. Raven Wing. I've said Raven Guard <laughs> multiple times, so apologies. Raven Wing. Um, there's yeah. too many Ravens, too many Guards, too many yeah. Wings. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Raven Wing. Um, I was even looking at the word and Seal said the wrong thing. Um, that's my dyslexia for you. So anyway, um, yeah, okay, talk us about the Raven Wing. You have lost some stuff, haven't you? So these are bikes with basically plasma talons. They do have uh, fighting picks as well. Or, or I don't know what they're called, hammer picks. Corvus Hammers. Yeah, there we go. Um, so talk us about this unit. What have you lost since the FAQ, but what have you gained? So if we, if we talk about the, the Black Knight's data sheet, because that's been updated. Um, so they've gained the additional wounds. That's great. They're up to three wounds. They um, And then the rest of the profile is exactly the same as a, yeah, a normal bike in terms of their strength, toughness, um, etc. They are veterans, so they get two attacks each base. Um, what I like is they've updated the Corvus Hammer. Um, so it's still plus one strength. It's still minus one AP, but the damage is now flat two. Previously, it was on a wound roll of a six, you got D3 damage. So it, it, their combat potential was not, not particularly good or reliable. But now with that flat damage two, it, they become an interesting um, unit to throw into combat to get a job done. Yeah. Uh, and then they've got their plasma talons, which is that you know the, the, their shooting, which is an assault to um, plasma gun, eighteen inch range. Okay, very nice. Yeah. Okay. And you used to be able to use like weapons of the dark age, dark angels, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's two stratagems I really liked with these guys. Um, one being weapons of the dark age to increase damage on plasma by one. So that means you could um, not overcharge and get damage too. If you, that's really good if you're facing up against a minus one to hit vehicle like a, a plane or something like that. Um, but then on the overcharge, it made you flat damage three, which is, um, you know, you're shooting with two thunder hammers off 18 inch range basically at that point. So very good for you know, killing Gravis models, for, you know, prime example. I'm sure they'll be popping up soon everywhere. Uh, but unfortunately, that's gone for the moment. Um, that, that, I mean, that sounds like a, a stratagem that will probably come back into the fold. Yeah. Right? It's, yeah, it's not yeah. overpowered. It's very thematic for the Dark Angels. So again, Plasma's their thing, so it makes sense they have a stratagem. So no doubt that will come back in the future. Okay, and then what was the other stratagem that you mentioned that you liked but you've lost? It was the 1CP um, you could advance but still shoot with no negative assault. Uh, you could just shoot, actually, as you hadn't advanced and charge. Um, so that means that you got the 4 pin run to and then you could charge, so you could move 20 inches, get your four up in Vun, and declare a charge and shoot at full effectiveness. But that's, at the moment, um, not in this FAQ. But again, I'd imagine something like that would appear back in the supplement. And you also, I mean, we're going back a little bit now, but you also had a nice Vigilus um, ability, didn't the, you, that you could... The Ravenwing Attack Squadron. Yeah, what could that do? So that could, um, once you'd inflicted a wound on a unit, you could spend one CP for everyone to get plus one to hit. So that was very good for like uh, attack bikes and land speeders with heavy weapons. So you could get, you could move them, chip the wound, get plus one to hit with everyone. Uh, so you're back to hitting on threes within Samuel's reroll range. So that, so I like that. And they also had the fallback. You could um, hit and run. So you charge in. You swing with your combat attacks, and then you could um, move back out of combat, which is a great ability. Absolutely unreal, that ability. And I really hope yeah. you get that in your next codex. So that was why I thought I'd bring that up, because it's an exciting aspect that we've got more to look forward to when this codex drops um, or this supplement drops in the future if we can start to see some of these aspects brought back in. But 
Okay, now do you think the Raven Wing are worth it for now? Uh, is, have they still got play? Um, what do you reckon? I think because um, I like, yeah, you know, I really like the Black Knights, but um, and there's a good Warlord trait you could pair with a Raven Wing character, so you could advance with no negative. So you could have a couple of units advancing at the board, a four up Invan. Um, they are quite a good target for the stratagem to put all doctrines active on because if you put them into if you're in turn um it doesn't matter what turn you're in but you're it, it means the devastated doctrine gives them extra three inch range on that plasma talent so up to 21 yeah. um it means that you're ap4 on your plasma talent and it also gives you the ap2 on the corvus hammers yes so i think nice, it's yeah from looking at this, all the space marine units, these this is probably one of the, the units that I've found best use of that stratagem. If you just needed that extra little bit, it might be situational, but it, you know the extra three inch range could be all difference to target a unit behind a screen. Then you can use them to, char- to charge the screen and things like that. So that, there's got some interesting play in there. Yeah, and going from minus three to minus four is a real sweet spot in a marine meta because obviously. A normal Primaris Marine, an aggressor, is not going to be getting a save. It's going to be going straight through. Um, and then minus two in combat is beautiful as well, um, rather than just that minus one. Because um, the minus one is kind of counteracted by things like Blade Guard and stuff, like the Storm Shields that they have. But getting that um, that minus two, all of a sudden you're taking them um, you know, down a peg or two in terms of their ability to make those saves. So I think that's really... Yeah, like a very unique stratagem. There also there are some really cool warlord traits that you can take for the Raven Guard. I I do like the one which allows you to pre-move a uh, character and unit because I just like anything that can pre-game move. I think super strong in Ninth Edition, whether it's uh, to deny, um, you know, things like investigate sites or deploy, um, you know, or sorry, raise the banners, anything like that, which just means you can grab an objective even before your opponent can get there, I think it's very, very tactical. The only problem is, is a very expensive unit you're doing that on. And if, you're, if your opponent can alpha strike that unit, then you're going to lose it. So you are throwing away a, like a, a rook, so to speak, uh, just to, you know, deny some secondary points. But if you... If, yeah, if, if you wanted to play into that, you could use normal bikes um, instead to keep them cheap. If you, if that, is that something that you wanted to, to use as a, you know, a point denial strategy? You didn't, wouldn't necessarily have to use it on the, the Black Knights because all... Um, normal bikes and attack bikes also, and outriders gain the Ravenwing keyword as well. Okay, right, that's good. Okay, yeah, so you could just use it on a three-man unit of bikes or whatever. Uh, okay, yeah, like it. Nice. So we've spoke about the combination between a Raven Guard bike and then bring using that stratagem to bring your Deathwing in. Is there any other sort of archetypes that you can think of that people might want to look at? Um, I think there's definitely a build around Azrael who's the chapter master of Dark Angels. Okay, and what does he do? Um, so he's got all the normal chapter master abilities and that's all been updated to match everyone else. Um, but he's his, 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 got, his got a couple of really unique things. A, if he's your warlord, you get additional 2 CP. Great. That's massive, isn't it? Yeah, especially because you can give out warlord traits um, like they're going out of fashion from the new Space Marine book. You may as well make him your warlord um, to then buy two additional warlord traits for free. So yeah, that that works, um, and he gives all friendly Dark Angels infantry and biker units within six. This model a four up invun save against ranged attacks. Wow, that's strong. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I can imagine you guys can all imagine, you know, aggressor blocks or heavy intercessor blocks around this guy. You know, plasma interceptors. You know, whatever you whatever you fancy. Um, it's a very strong ability. Yeah, when you're sort of combining these stacks together, so you could have your um, heavy intercessors as your troops, uh, sort of, you know, you could go 30 of them foot slogging up the table, um, and it just does, it does say unit is within six models in that unit, so actually, um, as long as one of, the, one of the models from the 10 is like towing in that sort of six inch aura, these 30 heavy intercessors could be getting this four plus invulnerable save. Um, if they're near your apothecary, then they're going to be getting a, um, you know, six plus feel no pain as well. Um, 
they could become double obsec from, you know, for example, a chapter ancient that can do that with steadfast warlord trait. So you can really heavily build into like a sort of, um, I don't know, like a just a massive block of infantry it's, walking up the table, right? Yeah. A really resilient, durable block of, um, yeah, just slow. It'd be slow to, to trundle up the board. You know, he's only a six inch move, he's on foot, he hasn't got a jump pack or anything like that, but, um, it is going to be uh, very hard to shift him off when the, when those guys get get on, get a move get a move on up the board. So that's it's definitely uh, an option if that's you, if that suits your play style. Just a really strong, resilient brick moving its way up the board. Um, so it's, um, the four pinvans are the amazing ability. Yeah, and if you are taking normal terminators, because you can do that as well, there are some good options for that. Uh, like lightning claws now are great, aren't they? Really good additions. Yeah, lightning. Lightning claws are so efficient. So actually, that's a good point. You've reminded me there because um, he's not Primaris. He can go to drop pod. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the drop pod build in a minute, aren't we? But you could have yeah. obviously a unit of ten Terminators or two units of five Terminators with lightning claws to get the efficiencies in combat. But then now with a four plus and vulnerable save, if they're near this guy. Yeah. So you've lost nothing from having the shield really, except for the plus one to save. But. Um... Yeah, Lightning Claw Terminators are looking very, very efficient at the moment. Yeah, and I also like the other, to be honest, I really like the look of the other characters that you can take, like the Chaplain that can, um, you know, get one to his role for when he's doing like the Litany of Hate. Um, you know, great ability there. I think that's absolutely fantastic. You, you know, it affects people in terms of their... Um, if you make somebody make a morale check and they fail it, then they count as below half strength. That aura of dread can, you know, be situationally good. Uh, but again, you can play into that when you start to mess about with leadership modifications and taking people to, because it's much, much harder to pass a morale check now in this edition. So if you can get your opponent rolling ones and twos more often, then great. Um, I, I also think Ezekiel is good, um, having, you know, can attempt two psychic um, and deny two um, and it knows three psychic powers so he's basically a um, chief librarian well he is a chief librarian um, and also gives a plus one attack so even if you're not in the first round of combat you're still going to get that so if you have got ongoing combats which sometimes you can find with terminators or whatever if you are like bogged down against a horde or whatever let's say you're fighting up against 30 boys orc boys it is going to take you a couple of turns to get through it so having that ability just to make sure that doesn't prolong into another combat phase is really important i think there was some good psychic powers for dark angels which they've currently lost but um you could say he's a master of his home discipline, so he gets plus one to cast in his when he's selecting from his own, which is not available. So, you know, that tells us that Dark Angels will be getting their own psychic discipline when the supplement comes out. Um, and there's some really interesting ones in there. So, yeah, you're right. He could become a, a great unit. Again, he's not, um, not a Primaris model, so he can jump in that party pod that we're going to talk about shortly. Yeah, so let's let's talk about the party pod then. So this yeah. is again a bit out there, a little bit um, left field. So the party pod, talk us through it. What what have we got? Yeah, and so um, yes, yeah, so, so we came up with this because you know we we're talking about the chapter tactic. So how do we how do we leverage mileage out of this chapter tactic? Um, uh, so the, you know, the chapter tactic to remind everyone is plus one to hit if you stay still. So. That means um, an, uh, an infantry model, and there's also sorry, this what we found out from the new Space Marine stratagems is there's a stratagem for two CP to count a stationary for a, for a unit, for an infantry unit. So we could stack uh, infantry with heavy weapons that have moved that would be hitting on fours. We could swing all that way back around to hitting on twos. Yep. So so that sounds pretty good to me. So. Um, yeah, especially if you've got Azrael now, but nearby for that reroll one aura. Yeah, so you know we consider right, what's the best um, infantry with heavy weapons, uh, and Devastators are looking brilliant now with two wounds. They're not just necessarily a one and done kind of unit. They've got a bit more survivability. So what we like the look of is the um, multi melters on a unit of Devastated Marines in a drop pod with Azrael to come down. And the other good um, thing about multi-melters is that now they get double the amount of shots than they did. They get 
I really like the way they've changed damage profile and now you get that plus six inch range. The problem with multi-melters before was the range. It can be easily screened out even at 24 inches or means you have to get dangerously close to your opponent. But now with that plus six inch range, you can bring the drop pod, I don't know, like um, 33 inches away. You can disembark your three and now you're within 30 inches because you're getting that plus six inch range for the turn because you're going to count as stationary um, if you're in turn one, which is a Devastator Doctrine, right? So you're now no longer, so you're hitting on twos now and you're in Devastator Doctrine. So you're going to get an additional minus one on a melt weapon if that ever comes into play. And then also um, you're going to be getting that plus six inch range. So you can keep this unit far away from the enemy, um, you know, as you need really. So I think that's great. Yeah. No, it's 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 um it's cer- certainly something I want to play test and try out. You know, if it's multi melters or grav cannons or whatever it might be, I think it's de- definitely got some nice options. The good thing about it is because you're hitting on twos, you get the full effectiveness full effectiveness out of Azrael because you'd be re-rolling your ones. Because if you'd come in via a pod, he couldn't use his chapter master ability that turn. Yeah. Um, but then he's also projecting that four up inven. If you say waited till turn two. You could drop, you could drop him in. You could drop the pod in with your, say, your ten Deathwing um, with claws and things like that to, to you know, get that four up invent at the board or what and all that kind of stuff. So, I think it's definitely a good um, pick in your army. It, it gives your opponents something to really consider if they've got any vehicles or monsters that don't have an invent save. If they're going to have to play their EKG, um, not to be hit by that pod. Yeah, I'm thinking like double pod, and I'm thinking. Oh, there you go multi-melters in one squad with the with obviously the guy that allows you to shoot again so you're pumping up a good 10 shots turn one right yeah yeah then Azriel in said pod and then what you're going to do turn two is you're going to bring another pod in with the grab yeah and you're going to rinse repeat that same stratagem yeah. so what you can then do is if you don't need the multi-melters in at that time if they're 30 inches away can go off and do an action that turn while, the, yep. while Azriel just moves in advance forward uh, to make range of where you're going to bring your next drop pod in. And I think, you know, looking at troop choices like incursors to make sure you can screen out that midfield so you could you know where you can bring these pods in, um, I think could be a really, you know, nice way to just lean into the Dark Angels a little bit more um, and still have plenty of play on the mission because you can like drop a drop pod in this quarter. Great, that will get me an engage. Drop another one um, not too far away, but to get another engage. And then now all of a sudden your opponent's got to deal with killing drop pods to stop you from scoring your secondaries whilst you're you know pumping out little units here and there, um, which are affordable for their sort of punch that they can deliver whilst they've then got this threat of a Deathwing bomb coming in, two units of five, whatever it might be, um, you know, in a really, really good delivery system for that. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking just off the top of my head, which I wouldn't mind playing around with. And you could take that to an extreme, right? You could go full grav grav, um, drops with, you know, a thousand points in drop pods. You could do 500 points of knights in reserve and then just 500 points on the table because now the game changed in which if you don't have anything left at the table you still carry on playing so yeah it's going to be hard to score primary points for a turn but if that means that you can completely null deploy your opponent turn one and they've got no no, um, decent threats they're pretty much wasting their first turn aren't they yeah absolutely or they let you go first and then you just get an absolute incredible free yeah it's you know it's a high risk high reward strategy that one um but then if you get to the board uh, and you look at your opponent's army they, and you see that they can screen the whole, the whole board out, you just run your pods empty and put everything on the board. Um, that's what I'm really enjoying about transports is having a few in my army to give myself the options. So actually, I, I could put that I could put those Devastators in the pod or I could put them on the board or you know whatever and that kind of stuff. So um, there's some definitely some interesting choices to make as a Dark Angels player. Uh, and there's interesting reasons why you may take them over a different chapter which is great yeah so let's have a little look at some of these archetypes and let's have a little bit of a play into some of the secondaries so let's say we're taking the deathwing we're going full-on deathwing i mean like as elite as we possibly can with these terminators what could be good secondaries to put in this kind of uh, or what would you be picking if you're a deathwing player um 
I'd be looking at things like uh, while we stand we fight, your very durable army. Um, so people are going to struggle to get through all your Deathwing. So that should be a good choice. So as long as you've got three characters, that's a that's a goer. Yep. 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 What else would you be looking at? Um, anything that's relying on holding probably the centre of the board and keeping that clear. So like investigate sites or some of the mission yeah. ones. Yeah, absolutely agree. Yeah. Yeah, and um, you know, there's that new Space Marine one to take people off objectives. Um, yeah, shock tactics, be... I think it is. Yeah, and you've also and got this... oaths of moment. That's the one I was about, literally about to say that. Um, yeah. So they play quite well into those. So you don't need to worry about grabbing the table. You can literally hold down in the middle, peel off to the left to do something, peel off to the right. But basically, you're commanding control of the table, really, um, because you're and you don't need to worry about spreading yourself too thin, do you? You can kind of pick where you attack from with these elite armies, which I really like. Um, and then if you went to the other extreme and you went full Raven Wing, um, you know, you've got great maneuverability. So now all of a sudden you could be looking at things like uh, engage on all fronts, line breaker. Yeah, it's, Again, it's the inverse, tactics. isn't it? Yeah. 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 So they can literally do it. When you look at Death uh, Dark Angels, they can actually be completely opposite armies to so actually trying to build against dark angels is difficult because it can do so much there's so much variety or you they could have a combination list which then you're actually going to need to make sure if you're doing a combo list with a bit of raven guard bit of deathwing you're going to probably need plenty of um infantry in that list as well so some good quality tactical marines maybe now now they're that back in the fold yeah definitely that that's such a good troop choice now to, um Get banners, scramblers. Absolutely. Um, I I like the combined um, Deathwing Ravenwing because it, and I've played a lot of games with them, and I, I think you could you could play in different different types of ways depending on who you're facing in the mission. So I think it gives you, as you're saying, lots of options in game, um, and having a um, a big block of Deathwing and Deep Strike, and your opponent knowing that you could drop that effectively where you want it gives your opponent a right headache to deal with and counter it while you've got the raven wing nipping around the board pinging off engaging all fronts and you know churning the mission and if you have got a cheeky drop pod kicking about then there's nothing stopping you putting your multi-melters in there and then just a squad attack boys right a five-man tactical squad can just jump out and start doing actions for you well you know let's say you had line breaker and they left you a a drop pod size hole or you shot a drop pod size hole into the back lines, you could bring that drop pod in. You know, that's a drop pod unit, tactical marines, unit devastator marines. That's three units in the back in the in their deployment zone to, to hopefully churn line breaker out for you. Yep, no, I like that. No, absolutely, and that's exactly what you could do using the the death wing. So the raven wing guy could move up twenty four inches or twenty eight, bring down the death wing turn two. They can clear a massive hole for you. Then you can bring in double drop pods turn three, or maybe something you've put in outflank. So that's really where you can yeah. start to. I think that this this list can really play well in, with a good tactician and a good general thinking, right, I'm going to surgically strike that quarter of the table and I know my Deathwing are just going to go through every single unit they touch um, and then I can bring in drop pods or, you know, eradicators from reserve, whatever it might be, whatever your flavour of uh, guns are behind this, you know, Deathwing unit that's just, you know, using um, the ability to just walk through any unit it touches, basically. Um, and again, like if you went for like Azrael build that I spoke about with heavy intercessors, um, you know, and even foot slogging terminators with lightning claws. So you're getting maximizing that, you know, toughness five with that stratagem, everything having pretty much um, transhuman. Because if they're not shooting the terminators, they try and shoot a primaris unit, you can chuck. Uh, transhuman itself stratagem on that yeah you know, again while we stand we fight banners scramblers investigate sites so some really good options there for so, so playing into the secondaries um and then yeah just using things like infiltrators or incursors as troops potentially just for a bit of denial so if you're finding that your list doesn't score that big um because you know if this list isn't getting you uh you know 15 15 15 on your secondaries one thing you might want to look at is things like incursors or infiltrators that can start up the table to start deny your opponent the ability to hold the mission um so the game isn't just about how many points you can score like i would say the blood angels were very good at scoring on the primary and the secondaries so if the raven wing are a little bit more finesse because 
um, they've got the mobility, but you know, like you said, you start to run out of points quickly. Maybe you need to look at, you know, how do you start to deny your opponent from scoring so that you can still win the game? And that's the, again, the most important thing um, about ninth edition is not only your ability to score, but your also ability to deny your opponent points as well. So, they got some good stuff, Jack. So let's talk about quickly, how do we counter the Dark Angels? What sort of things can shut this, um, you know, shut this army down? What would you be looking at? So, yeah, I think we were talking about the Deathwing earlier. You know, they're the boogeyman out of all this. Um, good screening. Yeah, it doesn't matter if they can deep strike six inches away, if it's deep, if it's uh, still going to smash into a screen and kill it. So that's, that's one way of, um, you can really hurt the Deathwing. Um, if someone's gone Deathwing heavy, you, you you look to not interact with it. You um, you try and work around the, the edges and um, not necessarily have to try and make your strategy f- to win the game without having to kill the Terminators. Meet like if you know if you had engaged in all fronts or nipping around the back to get line breaker and things like that, because um, because they are so resilient, but they're very slow. Yeah. So once they're committed to a point on the board, that's it. You know where they are. You know you know where they are. They don't have access to the teleport homers, unlike um, normal space um, space marine terminators. Yeah. So that, like you said, there. Once the Deathwing are in, they're in. So if you're taking um, like Linebreaker, could be a really good option against a space marine player, like or like a sorry a Dark Angel player, because the Raven Wing want to be moving up quickly to deliver the Deathwing. But then all of a sudden, the Raven Wing have got to do a completely 180 turn and go back in their own deployment zone. Um, and they don't really have enough units to screen out their deployment zone either. So Linebreaker could be a really good yes. option to take against um, you know, a Dark Angel player, I think. Oh, 100%, yeah. But things like Assassinate. It's a no-go because obviously you're not going to be killing those inner circle characters very easily. So certainly that would be a bad choice. Um, and again, anything that, you know, don't go anything for that wants to take the midfield because that's exactly where this Dark Angel Deathwing blob wants to be is in the centre of the table um, because they're more than likely going to be going for the, in, you know, investigate sites in, um, you know, any of the secondary missions that revolve around the centre of the table. Let them have it. So use the edges because... A Deathwing player with Raven Wing is going to struggle to get engaged in all fronts because it can't be everywhere. Um, and if the Deathwing wants to be in the middle of the table, it then can't score engaging all fronts. So um, again, use that to your advantage. Pull the army apart. You know, let the characters go one way, but pull a unit off another. Um, and again, mortal wounds isn't really something that this army's going to like at all, is it? No, if you could bypass the armor, the invent save, then you're just onto the feel no pain. Great, you know, bypass bypass that layer of defensive abilities, get past transhuman as well. Yeah, so anything like if you're an Eldar player, things like smite, um, executioner, any targeted um, smites that you can get from like Gaze of Eniad in or whatever it might be from Yanari powers or um, obviously Thousand Sons have got a lot of targeted smites. Great way of just churning through those wounds um, without much resistance. Yeah, 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 with the Katans as well. Yeah, so I think definitely Mortal Wounds is a great way to start to play into this list if you do need to deal damage to it. But like Jack said there, try to avoid the Deathwing. And then the other aspect which we could talk about is move blocking, right? So just feed a unit, block off a certain place, stop it from engaging. And also with your screens, if you're going to screen out nice and high, let that unit take the charge from the Deathwing so it has to come into that. But then make sure your next um, unit isn't going to give the Deathwing a free move. So make sure you're uh, keeping it out of charge range. Uh, so constantly asking your opponent, you know, your Ravenwing unit, okay, what's its maximum charge range? Okay, I'm going to stay outside of that so it can't, you know, you're not giving this uh, Ravenwing or Deathwing player any free movement in the charge phase. So just be really, really careful of that, that you're not letting this really slow Deathwing army actually get more pace uh, once it's down on yeah. the table. And um, blocking off the, the Raven Wing to stop them using the stratagem as well. That's also a good tactic to to, to, to deep strike the Deathwing. You know, bikes don't fly, so you can pin off, you can block off certain areas between two terrain pieces, for example, so you can dictate where the bikes are going to go. Um, yeah. And you can fun- funnel it into a place where you want it. 
yeah, so if you've got anything that can pre-game move or anything that can, um, uh, you know, infiltrate or scout deploy, whatever it might be, take full advantage of that and just, yeah, move block that bike so it cannot deliver where it wants to be. So then you don't have to worry about the alpha strike. You can then set up your screens, um, you know, because you might, you don't know if you're going to be going first or second. So if you can do the move blocking in the um, pre-game aspect, then brilliant. And I think, you know, Players definitely want to look at building that into their lists. You know, look at your codex, whether it's, uh, you know, Tau, you're taking Pathfinders or uh, Stealth Suits or, you know, for example, in my sister's list, I like the unit that can pre-game move. Uh, I can't remember what they're called, actually, off the top of my head. But Dominions? Dominions, that's the ladies, yeah. So anything like that, start to build it in because it's incredibly strong, uh, especially on the denial game as well. Um, and that's one other thing I would certainly say about this this list. It's going to struggle to be in multiple places at once, right? So once you've cut away the tactical boys or the primaris, uh, you know, units that are obsec, this this army's pretty much only going to be holding one or holding two. So just making sure you can hold yeah. more is a massive way to just limit your opponent to, or the Dark Angel player to score in the primary. Uh, so really take advantage of using the outskirts of the table to make sure you're getting the hold, hold more. Um, and you have to be doing that against the Dark Angel player because they're certainly going to win the punch fight. You need to win the mission, I think. Um, but yeah, any other uh, tips you would give somebody playing against the Dark Angels? Oh, I think I think we summarised it. You know that their their weaknesses. They're a you know elite army for the small footprint, um, and just don't base your win strategy of and killing Deathwing. You know, if you see it come up to the butt table, come up with a strategy to remove everything else in that army and leave the Deathwing alone. Um, and you, you should have the board. You should be holding more every turn. Um, and yeah, you should get your secondary. So that's, um, I think that's how you, that's how you deal with it. Yeah, like it. All right, Jack. Well, look, I think that's, uh, I think we've covered some really, really good stuff there. So once again, mate, thanks so much for joining me on the show. Uh, thanks for having me, and uh, I look forward to uh, getting the getting the Dark Angels out. When yeah, we we'll have to get we we'll have to get them on the stream soon. So uh, hopefully, you know, we'll be able to deliver a stream or back report with the Dark Angel soon in action. So again, guys, you can head over to see these lists over on www.vanguardtactics.com dot com forward slash blog forward slash s2 ep10 and again thank you very much make sure you do subscribe um, and so you get notified every time we drop a new podcast and if you don't mind leave us a review and uh, it'd be fantastic to read out some of those reviews in future shows um, and obviously a nice little five star for good luck but uh, yeah again we really appreciate all the listens follow shares we've had recently um, I think somebody posted in the competitive 40k group what was a good competitive 40k podcast to listen to and so many people said the Vanguard Tactics show so again really really support all um, or really appreciate all the support should I say um, and one other thing is that I've actually got a little bit of good news haven't I Jack oh what's this <laughs> So I have made the top 16 for the England team. Uh, so I, yes, yes. I kept my application quite quiet, uh, but I found out yesterday or last night uh, of this recording that I've made the top 16 along with some absolute incredible other players. That is a real pleasure to be, um, you know, even like alongside in the same list. So the, this is the England team that will be playing in the WTC. Um, it's led by the captain, Anthony Chu. Um, and I just want to say a massive thank you for everyone that obviously has supported me. And um, yeah, again, really looking forward to seeing what this team can do. And I think now the next steps will be taking this 16 to a top eight. So I've got no clue if I'll make the top eight. And even if I don't, I mean, you know what a what a lineup of players this is in a you know in sixteen. So um, yeah, I'll quickly read out the list. It's Anthony Chu, Conrad Bart, myself, Manny Chima, Mark Crumbleholm, Danny Everson, Carl Grundy, Alex Harrison, Tom Hinklebottom, uh, Rob Mandeli, Alex Petford, Michael Porter, J.P. Ramsey, Courtney Rhodes, Joshua Roberts, Matt Robinson, and Vic Vijay. So uh, some big names there, eh? Absolutely. So um, I think the I've posted a link to the group on our Facebook page and what's going to happen next is uh, over the next few weeks and months we are going to be set challenges by Chu and uh, he'll be selecting then the top eight I think later on in the year so I'll keep people posted um, and even if I get picked I'll obviously be supporting the team no matter what even if I don't as well so uh, yeah I wish everybody the best of luck and uh, really appreciate everyone's support so 
Hopefully I can bring on some of these guys in the future onto the show as well. We can talk about some of our lead up to the WTC um, if it all goes ahead and playing in that world team champs to become the reigning champions because currently they uh, the England team won it last year. So obviously we're going to be trying to defend that title once more. So uh, yeah, looking forward to that. So until next week, guys, we'll see you on another episode of the Competitive 40K podcast. Take care. This podcast is brought to you by the Vanguard Tactics Academy, the only online coaching course for Warhammer 40,000. At the VT Academy, not only do we help you win more games in the right spirit of the game, we'll build confidence and we'll help you get more value and enjoyment from your hobby and take you through step-by-step guides for everything from starting your first army to tournament play to advanced tactics. Sign up at vanguardtactics.com.